What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. I think this is episode five of the season. Probably, uh, yes. I haven't been keeping track. It's week four of the year. We had a preview episode, so I think that would make sense. If not, I'm a journalist. I graduated with a degree in journalism. I, I'm not very good at math, and unless it comes to statistics. Anyway, I'm Alex Miller. Joining us always, Abigail Ochoa. Thanks for tuning into the show. We got David Campbell. He's the voice of the Brian Vikings. He'll be joining us here in a little bit, looking at Brian's district slate in District 12 6A. But first, as we always do, let's look back at last week and look at some of the local BCS teams and how they fared. Three big wins, a tough loss for the Brian Vikings again, and an upset down at the six man level. So, Abigail, we'll start with you. The, the College Station Cougars kind of pulling away from Magnolia there in the second half. You know, Abigail, what did you see from that one, a game that, you know, College Station dropped last year and we talked about last week how it was kind of important that they, they started off with a win against probably one of the better teams in the district. For sure. I, I think you could see the weight lifted off their shoulders after the game. I mean, they were really excited to get this win. Um, like you said, Alex, it was really important to start off district on a high note um, after, you know, it was their only loss last year. Um, Magnolia ended up taking the district crown because of it um, in the end. So I think it was just a huge win for them. But talking about the game specifically, you know, the Cougars often started pretty slow. I mean, it was only, they only had a 10 to zero lead at halftime. We obviously know that Magnolia's defense was coming in stacked with a lot of the same guys that were on the team last year, but uh, a little surprising to kind of see them start slow like that. Um, Defensive-wise, uh, defense um, they were pretty strong all around, but they had no points to show for it in the in the first half. So um, the second half, they really got going. The offense really got going. The O-line kind of settled in. They kind of, you know, got everybody covered. They got, it, they found, they opened creases and things like that. Like, so once that got settled, it kind of, Ripple through the offense. They scored on four of their six possessions in the second half, scored 28 points. So that's like the college station I think we're used to seeing. And I think we'll see kind of throughout this district. Um, but yeah, just it started slow for them. And um, I think they're going to have to watch out for that. I, even with these big wins that they get, I think, um, you know, later on, when we always talk about the playoffs because we assume that they're going to be there. And, and I think um, once you get down over there, it's going to be really hard and really tough in those in those playoff games to start slow at all. So I think we're going to probably see them try to fix that throughout the season. Uh, but defense-wise, I think they're pretty strong. Um, they got four sacks, two from Corbin Johnson, two from Caleb Scow. I mean, they're just really physical guys out there, um, and it's really good to see. But um, yeah, once they got uh, Marquise Collins going and um, found holes for him to go through, it was pretty easy from there. Um, one thing they will have to watch out, though, is for those penalties. I know we've talked about it the last few weeks. They got a couple of false starts in there, and um, I think that's just going to come down to them being patient. I know Coach Huff always talks about them being patient and stuff like that, so um, that'll be crucial. One of their false starts called back a touchdown just before halftime. So again, those are things that they're going to have to look out for, but overall pretty good, pretty good night for um, the Cougars. For sure. Well, the other, the other team in college station got a huge win 
on Friday night. Yeah. AM Consolidated beating Converse Judson 28-14. You know, I, I was over there. In, uh, in all honesty, the Tigers really bullied them in the second half with their running game. And, and the game wasn't as close as the score suggested. You know, we're used to seeing a Consolidated, their up-tempo offense. You know, they're getting to the line really fast, wearing defenses out with that tempo. And it was kind of the exact opposite. And, and that was kind of the formula for success for Consol on Friday. They, they slowed things down. They ran the ball. Keyshawn Thomas was was excellent. The, their offensive line got really good push, did a really good job winning the line of scrimmage. Uh, Brody Daniel made some big plays when they needed to. They had two or three, actually, huge fourth down conversions there in the third quarter that opened up a two-score lead. And then what was amazing was that considering Consol ran the ball so much, it was a passing play. That was the knockout punch when Daniel rolled right on an option and he had room to run probably for a first down, but he threw the ball up to Wyatt McDougal, who was covered pretty well. And Wyatt McDougal made one heck of a catch, one handed falling backwards into the end zone for a touchdown. You know, we, we've said it all along. We, we were curious yeah. what Consol would be like this season. And they have really, shown up and shown out these first three weeks uh, on both sides of the ball. Cause you know, Judson has some playmakers. They had some big explosive plays, but Consol really won the line of scrimmage on the defensive side too, for some negative yardage to put them behind the chains. And Judson just wasn't able to convert those third downs. And that, that was, that was huge. And so, now Consol's got a really good win under their belt after beating a couple of teams that I'll be honest, they, they weren't, they weren't that great. Um, you know, they close, they close with Willis this week. We'll, we'll get into that, but these AM consolidated tigers, they're legit. Uh, and, and they're up to number five in the Dave Campbell's five, a division two rankings. And, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's validated with the way that they've played on the field. They're definitely proving people wrong right now. So <laughs> that you know. is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of question marks going into the season. We talked a lot about it, um, but yeah, they're definitely exactly what that win is, is exactly what they needed to do. Well, the Rudder Rangers, they're kind of, they're kind of, they're, 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 they're rolling, you know, they, yeah. they cruised <laughs> to another easy win last week, this time beating Elgin. I think it was 51 to zero. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Eight different guys scoring touchdowns for them. Uh, you know, even, even on defense, getting a couple of scooping scores. You know, unfortunately, their game this week against Port Lavaca Calhoun canceled due to the impacts of Hurricane Nicholas. But, Abigail, do you feel like this could be okay for the Rangers, considering they've got a big game against Huntsville coming up next week? I think overall, yes. Um, but I, I really would have liked to see them play – Calhoun. I, I think, you know, I talked to Izar yesterday. He said that he said right now everybody's healthy and I think they're just going to take the break. You know, I think they were, a bit, you know, originally going to try to find another opponent to play this week, but I, I really think that he's okay with not. And I agree, you know, that everyone's healthy. You don't want to kind of risk it, um, but especially before Huntsville. But I think, you know, Rutgers had um, 
a few big wins here in non-district. Um, just looking at the scores, I mean, they're pretty um, large margins, um, but I really think that they haven't really had a real test yet. And um, I would have really liked to see them line up against Calhoun, um, especially, you know, <laughs> you start district with one of the heaviest hitters in your entire district. Like Huntsville and Consol is always on Rudder's radar, I think district wise, um, they've always been tough to beat. Um, but yeah, you don't want to ever start with Huntsville, I don't think. Um, so yes, I think overall it's great for them to have a little break, um, really prepare for Huntsville and really, really train for that um, and stay healthy. Everybody's healthy right now. So that's always good. But, um, I, you know, selfishly, I, I would have liked to see them play Calhoun, maybe get pushed a little bit and, and maybe have a game that's not 51 to zero. Um, before you get Huntsville, which we know it's not going to be 51 to zero. So. For sure. Well, the Brian Vikings, their offense struggled again, this time in a loss to Brenham, a lot of penalties. They had flagged 15 times. They had three turnovers, only 99 yards of offense and five first downs. You know, we're, we're going to get into it more here with David in a minute, but it's just not looking that great for the Vikings right now. And, you know, maybe, they're, they have a bye week this week, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure for them, they're hoping this is coming at the right time. Yeah, I think Brian was for sure looking for a pick-me-up this week almost. You know, they lost the first two. Um, and then they placed Brenham, who, who also was kind of struggling there in the beginning too. Um, and then they, they get Ross Rogers back on the field. But like we talked with David, we just – we haven't been – they haven't been able to put things together. And I think their offensive struggles have just – kind of taken over and and no matter how good their defense is it's it's just hard um, when you don't score points but on the bright side Brenham gets a win um their defense you know I think this is exactly um kind of what they needed to to prove that they are a good defense I mean um they have some really good guys on that on that unit um you know Justin Garza he uh, his stats were great too he had two sacks and interceptions six tackles I mean I think he had a forced fumble, you name it. Um, so I think it's just really good for Brendan to see that their defense can really do what we all thought that they could do in the beginning of the season. Um, so great for Brenham. Um, tough loss for Brian again, but we'll see. Like you said, they have a bye week this week, so we'll see what they can do. Well, down at the six-man level, St. Joe's beats Allen 90-68. to You know, we talked last week. We we both thought Allen would win, but we both said, hey, it's rivalry game. Who knows? And St. Joe's went out and, and proved, proved us wrong, probably proved a lot of other people wrong. And this was definitely an upset. How about the St. Joe's quarterback, Mark Mishler, threw for 509 yards? That is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know – Coming into the season, you know, St. Joe's losing a lot of guys. Uh, we, we, we were kind of wondering how some of these younger players would step up. And for them, this has got to be a huge boost of confidence beating your arch rival. And, and Allen is a very talented team, too. For sure. You know, Mishler threw six touchdowns, um, which is crazy in a game. Six man, obviously, it's, I think, Maybe you're more used to it, <laughs> but right. just because those scores get so high, but um, 
any either way it's a it's a great uh stat to have for um, a single game but yeah he has great receivers um uh levi rice i believe um had a 200 yard game um which i don't even think levi i think this is levi rice first time playing football um i know i know travis talked a little bit about that in his story in the preview but it's just crazy what these guys have been able to do and um they're looking really good so far this season. Um, and this was, again, a big win for them. Allen, I think, um, you know, they're just trying to get their guys kind of back in it. I, they have a lot of young guys. I talked with Coach Abbas before the season. They have a lot of young guys that haven't played on Friday nights or Thursday nights or whatever. But, um, you know, they're still a relatively young team. And I think we forget that because we see the big names um, like Luke Meadows and Dee Huey and, and people like that. But um, this is only their second game of the season. Um, so I think they still have a long way to go, obviously. But um, yeah, a huge win for the Eagles. I mean, that score is just ridiculous. <laughs> well, what what maybe is one area game that caught your eye last week, Abigail? Yeah, well, you know, another upset of some sort. Uh, Leon beat uh, Somerville 38 to 30. Or 38 to 30. Yeah, I know I said Yeah, 38 to right. 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, they, they were tied at 14 in the first half, um, which is, I mean, looks great for Leon. I think, I think uh, I'm pretty sure I picked Somerville to win. I mean, we just thought that maybe they had a, a more stacked team than um, Leon did. And um, Leon's run game really, really gained control of the game in the second half. And they, they just went off with it. They had 270, 247 yards in the second half, uh, rushing yards. I mean, that's amazing. Then you got running back um, Lewis Gillian. Um, he went, he had 243 yards with 32 carries and two touchdowns. It's just really good. Good to see Leon compete against such a good Somerville team. Cause I think, you know, Somerville has had a couple of tough losses in the past few weeks, but they're still a good team. I, you know, it's, it's, um, they're going against some really good teams here in the beginning. Um, and I think they're still strong too. So a really good win for Leon, just kind of say, Hey, we beat Somerville, you know, with such a tight score like that and it being tied at the first half, um, just a good win overall. Yeah. Well, one game that caught my eye, Centerville taking down Thorndale 42 to 28, you know, Centerville over there, they're going to run the ball. And they ran it for 414 yards last week. Halston French, Lavadric Phillips, Paxton Hancock, each over 100 yards. I mean, Thorndale, traditionally a pretty good team. And, yeah. and that's, that's a big win for the Tigers. Um, and now they're a big favorite over Palestine Westwood this week. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if the Tigers can keep it rolling over there, Leon County. But, uh, Abigail, I think that's all we've got looking back at, at week three. So coming up next, David Campbell. He's the voice of the Brian Vikings. He'll be joining us. Talk a little Viking football. Welcome back to the Brazos sports preps cast. Joining us now, former Eagle writer, David Campbell. He's the voice of the Brian Vikings. Ugh. Brian Vikings. <laughs> I, I'm not cut off. I, I, I can't even pronounce Brian, right? But, uh, <laughs> David, you know, it's it's the bye week for the Vikings before they 
get started in District 12, 6A, you know, it really hasn't been an ideal start for them. Really tough in non-district play. Can you kind of pinpoint maybe some of the biggest issues or things that have gone wrong for them? Uh, actually, I think probably there are too many issues to just try to pinpoint it down to one. But but there really have been uh, – they're just – as long as we haven't moved to electric cars yet, and I can still use the uh, internal combustion engine metaphor, they're not hitting on all cylinders right now. They uh, – um, uh, uh, I, I think defensively they've been playing pretty well, but uh, that's been a little bit hit and miss as well because the offense has had all kinds of struggles and the special teams have been just not good at all. Uh, the the punting team uh, has just really been very poor. Hoping that uh, in a couple of weeks that they can, you know, when you've got Ross Rogers back in there working with them full time, they can put things together here, but uh, but they got a long way to go and, and a district that'll be very competitive. Yeah, the Vikings are obviously missing a key a key person on offense. Um, we were there when, when uh, Malcolm Gooda got hurt in that first game. You know, we mentioned in the press box, this is not good if he's really hurt, you know, if this is a serious injury. And uh, how hard is it to not only lose Gooden, but h- how can Carson Dillard, who's coming in as a backup, kind of improve this season? I, I think losing Malcolm Gooden was huge. Uh, he's, he, I really believed he was a reason that they were, they had a chance to compete for the district championship this year because he was, he was that good. And there's so many things that he can do. He just brings a lot of elements to the game, can throw the ball deep, can, uh, can run the ball extremely well. And you saw that injury. Uh, we, we both, I, I know I was looking downfield when it happened. So you may have felt the exact no, same I way. Was too. I told Alex, and I don't think anybody in the press box saw because we were all looking at the pass. Yeah. And I ended up, uh, I ended up actually seeing it a little bit later and it was a pretty serious injury. You knew immediately when, uh, you know, when he was hurt that he was, he was out for a long time. He's a significant loss. Carson Dillard's got, got talent. I mean, he's not a guy that can't, uh, can't throw some passes. I think what they need to do is, figure out a way to get the, the running game going. And they, they're sliding people around in the offensive line. They're, they're uh, at this point, trying to decide who's what, playing what positions because of injuries. Uh, they've, uh, you know, just, just had to try to get guys in good positions to try to keep going. Plus, they've got injuries at the running back position, too. And you got guys like uh, Dwayne Paul Hill, who would, have be, who would be a, an outstanding running back for him. And you can't take him off of safety because he's so good back there. So he becomes then a, a part-time running back. And, and last week against Brenham, he had a couple of really nice runs, really pretty runs. And, you know, a good running back kind of play that were followed up by a penalty or a turnover. And, and there's just been no consistency on the offensive from the offensive side. And uh, as far as Dillard at quarterback, I really think he's got skills. He's, he threw a, a really pretty touchdown pass against College Park to Hunter Vivaldi and then threw one uh, last week late in the game uh, against Brenham. But both those were in situations where the game was already decided. And uh, they're going to have to figure out ways to get him more positive things to do on offense. And, uh, and yet you don't want to take the chance he's going to get hurt either because – then you drop off to that whoever the third team quarterback is, and I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, all the things that have gone wrong for the Vikings. What's maybe one strength of this team that you've you've kind of picked up on that they can maybe build off of as they start this second season? 
Uh, well, I think defense is, is what they need to build around, but uh, you can't just do that. You, obviously, you have to get in the end zone, but you know they got a great play right before halftime uh, in a game that looked like it was just going nowhere for them, and then Nick Carraway comes roaring from the outside, forces a fumble. Uh, Ishmael Elams picks it up, returns it for a touchdown. Those are the kind of plays they've got to make. They can't just be good on defense. They may have to be great on defense to uh, to pull things off or the off and the offense has got to give them something plus uh, the punting game has got to be better than what it's been they they've at times done a good job in the punting but but the coverage has at times just been been awful they returned one uh, uh Brenham returned one uh punt for a touchdown last week and almost a second one so uh that, that's not been good at all that's something they got to get fixed do you think the bye week comes at a, a pretty good time for Brian? I know obviously it was already scheduled to be this week, but um, you know, right before you get Temple for district, do you think it was a pretty good time to maybe hit the reset button here? Yeah, Abigail, it, it's exactly what they needed. They needed some time off. You know, they they lost two um, two games last year because of COVID early in the year, and they came back with an earlier than expected district schedule when they played Harker Heights in that opening game played really well. Harker Heights was a very good team. And uh, I, I'm, I think having Ross Rogers back out there uh, directing the show will help. And I think with the two weeks, they're not going to sit still. This is this coaching staff. Coach Rogers has got a good coaching staff too, although he's got a few new guys on that, that group this year. Um, I don't think they'll sit still. They'll find something that they'll try to make work and I think it's easier to do when you have a two-week gap like this before between games. Now it's not easy to open against Temple. That's that's going to be tough. Yeah, you know, kind of kind of going looking at that 12-6A kind of kind of district right now. You know, what is it kind of shaping up looking like? Who are maybe some of the contenders maybe outside of Temple? We know the Wildcats are probably going to be the favorite. And where does Brian kind of fit into that equation? You think? I do not think in my mind, and I've, I'm not sure that I would ever have ever said this in the past. I don't think Temple's the favorite in this district. I think Harker Heights is the favorite. Mm -hmm. I think they played extremely well. And, you know, you can see that coming. They were good last year. And Brian played them, in the, as we said, in the district opener that was supposed to be the final game of the season and will be this year. And um, I, I thought it was coming last year. Plus, they went, they had a, a nice run in seven on seven. And they sent uh, their uh, a lot of their linemen to the lineman challenge that they had out at Abilene. So a lot of what they were doing in the offseason just kind of let you know they were going to be good. They've been outstanding. I mean, they've really been good. Now, I don't ever want to shove Temple off to the side. They're way too good all the time, and they win all the time. And they got a big win against Hutto last week, which will get them going. But they've had some of the same kind of problems that uh, that Brian has had. They've had some injuries. They've had some people out, and they've had to – move some folks around. Uh, they still have an enormous amount of talent. And uh, Samari Howard, who just tore Brian up last year, the, the running back is back. And he's going to be a guy they're going to have to deal with. Uh, Brian's never really done well against Temple over the years, home or away. And uh, I do think that that home game is going to be pretty important, really probably for both teams, but especially for the Vikings. They, they need to play well. And really, they need a win. It, it could change – they're the entire momentum of their season if they could upset Temple. Yeah, speaking of upsetting, you know, we've talked about what, what Brian has – what Brian needs to do this to get better this season, but what do they need to specifically do to get better against Temple next week? And maybe we see an upset, who knows, but what, what do they need to do? 
well, Howard's a guy that, again, that concerns me. They, they got to continue to get rush a uh, good rush on the quarterback. Uh, they've got to get some kind of offense. I don't know. I know they don't want to take Dwayne Paul Hill out of the safety spot, but he's such a good running back. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I don't try to figure out a way to get him uh, more involved with the offense. They've uh, Taysom DeVault, who was supposed to be back at running back and had a good finish to the year last year has a hand injury. And when he comes back, because the hand injury, he may not be at the running back spot. He may be playing defensively, but maybe that allows him to shift some folks around and do some things uh, on the offensive side. But uh, I, it's they got to get the running game going somehow. That's uh, and and having a steady offensive line in there would help a lot. And uh, just having somebody uh, getting the job done. Uh, Isaiah Nuttall, the sophomore, has has done a pretty good job, but he's not quite ready to be maybe the number one back yet maybe but because he, he runs hard plays hard all the time but he doesn't have that ability like paul hill does to to maybe a, make a jump cut to the outside and turn a two-yard run into a 20-yard run right well david thanks for taking a few minutes to talk with us you know for the folks listening how can they tune into to the radio broadcast every friday it's on 1150 AM, 93.7 FM, and uh, we really enjoy having the folks there. In fact, in, uh, even for the home game, uh, if you get a chance to bring a radio with you, because we, we've got no delay, which means I, I can't say any cuss words or anything. We have no delay. You can, you can hope that I'm going to say that, but don't be expecting it. But, uh, yeah, bring a radio to the game and, uh, and, you know, follow us on both of those and really appreciate the folks that join us for the zone. Vikings have been on the zone for a long time. We, uh, appreciate those folks, uh, that allow us to do that. And it's, uh, it, it even in a struggling season, it's, it's high school football. Hey, hey you're not going to have fun at that. Yeah. You're, you are so <laughs> right about that. All right. Well, coming up next, we'll be previewing more action for week four of the high school football season. Welcome to our last segment, folks. We're looking at some of the biggest games in the Brazos Valley in week four. Abigail, College Station, they're traveling to face New Caney Porter. Cougars, you know, slow start last week, came on in the second half. Do you feel like, do you feel like getting off to a fast start is probably the biggest improvement the Cougars need to see this week? For sure, for sure. I mean, um, we knew kind of we were going to see it against Magnolia just because their defense is so good. But um, I think the rest of the way here for College Station, you really want your offense to be on top of the game from the very first possession. Uh, um, so, yeah, for sure, offense, you know, getting to a faster start. Obviously, limiting the small, you know, five-yard penalties that they that they get every now and then um, will be important as well. And, you know, New Caney Porter – they're 0-3 right now, but I think in this district, it's really hard to count out anybody. Um, you know, last year, Porter uh, or College Station beat Porter 24-14. to So it was a slim, it was a tight game. It, it, you know, Dalton Carnes ended up scoring twice in the first seven minutes, one, uh, once on special teams and once on offense. Um, and that, that, those two touchdowns really carried them throughout the way. Um, so, you know, we could see another – a similar game like that, Porter controlled time of possession um, last year as well. Um, and Huff said last year that Porter's offense is, is just frustrating to play against because they really keep you on your toes. And um, 
we saw that last week with Magnolia. Magnolia really keep, kept College Station on its toes, and we saw what that halftime score was um, to being 10 to zero. So it'll be really interesting uh, to see Porter get some guys back. Um, they have three returning offensive linemen, similar to College Station. Um, Josh Evans Pickens is back for them. Um, I believe he scored, if not both of the touchdowns last year, at least the first one. Um, so big guy for them. Head coach Bill Russell is a new is the new head coach, um, but he's been on the the staff for a while. Um, his son, I believe, is the quarterback, Blake Blake Russell. Um, so yeah, you know, but they've had a tough non-district slate. They played Montgomery, Montgomery Lake Creek, and Newcaney, um, which is district. But um, you know, they haven't been able to really get things going offensively. So I think that might be their downfall Downfall this week. Obviously, the Cougars defense is, um, as we said, so physical and um, able to really just shut down teams um, at any moment. So I think College Station is still going to take this game. But I think really the eyes are on the offense. Just like you said, getting started a little bit earlier there, limiting those penalties that push them back and force them to make you know little mistakes that um, that they don't need to be because – they're a good team, but yeah. a Consolidated. They're hosting Willis this week, closing out non-district play. It's homecoming at Consol. Uh, I guess the big question for them is, can the Tigers keep their foot on the pedal and, and to not have a lull after a big win? Um, you know, emotions were high. Everybody was excited. There, were, there was a solid crowd that came to San Marcos last week, and, you know, the, the players rushed over after the game and, and the cheers were loud and rightfully so. Um, but Willis is no slouch. You know, they've, they played Tomball and Huntsville close in non-district. So this should be another good test for, for the Tigers. You know, Willis, they've got a dual threat quarterback. He's a sophomore, um, made some big plays. It looks like from, from reading some box scores, but you know, if, if I'm a betting man, I'm still picking a consolidated to win, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how how they'll fare uh, after the big win and, and against a guy that can make make some plays both with his arm and his legs. So, you know, Brian and Rudder they're off this week, so we'll be catching back up with them next week. Abigail, what's one area game that you've got your eye on this week? Uh, so Hearn will be at Snook this week. Um, I think. Hearn is projected to win by 11 points. Um, I think that sounds about right. I, uh, I have Hearn winning that as well. Um, just because of the, the amount of, of veteran guys and the amount of um, their defense is just really um, hard to beat. We haven't seen that obviously this season just because they've been playing harder teams. Um, but Snook and Hearn are both one and two. Um, they both had tough non-district plates. Um, so I don't think their record shows how, how good these two teams are and how good that they can be. You know, Hearn had to play Franklin, who we mentioned with David, is probably going to be a state title contender. Um, Snook has had to play Thorndale and Draw. I mean, these are not easy teams that you can just uh, slide by every week. But, um, you know, you got Garrett Leroy um, going against Kern's defense and Alan Jackson and Stephen uh, Kraft Mitchell. It's bound to be a good matchup just with those names alone. 
Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a big test for Snook um, before district gets started. And I think it's really important for her just to really stay soft, stay solid, kind of like Gonzalez, just really stay solid and not kind of let this game go by them. Um, because if I, I think if they do, then, then Snook's offense will kind of take off if they're um, given a chance to. Um, so I think they just kind of need to make it easy on themselves, stay solid at, overall. And, um, but I think it'll be a good game for both teams. Um, good, good experience before a starting district for sure. Because they obviously have tough districts here. Right. Well, one game that I've got my on down at the six-man level, Allen Academy traveling to Calvert. Man, Calvert finally getting to play a game this week. It, it's just been a weird <laughs> few months for them. You know, they lose their coach. You know, they, they can't work out as much. Uh, season, see, they only got seven guys, so season delayed when they get a couple injuries and they literally don't have enough guys to field a team. Um this is a small but mighty Trojans team. And, and I'm curious what they've got to show for. I, 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 I we know they have talent. I just, I'm right. curious how it's going to all come together in this first game, especially playing a team like Allen, you know, that, that has talent themselves, is very well coached, and, and they've already played some really tough games. Plus, they're coming off a really tough loss that they really want to rebound from. Um, yeah. I think There's this is so a many Go get go ahead. There's just so many unknowns, like you said. We have literally have not seen Calvert play at all. Like, so we don't even know how to really uh I guess decide who if are they good this year? Are their guys playing well? Like we have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, th- I think this is a great game for both teams to be in. Uh Calvert, they they've got playoffs and playoff run on their mind. This is going to be a playoff-like game. Uh, Allen, you know, they're looking to get better. Um, they're going to face a very athletic team. We we have no questions about that. So, you know, I'm curious how this game's going to go. Uh, I don't know who I'm going to pick yet. So, um, but I think this will be a great game for both teams, and both teams are really going to grow from this one. For sure. Well... I think that does it, Abigail. I think we've I think we've covered everything, hopefully. So yeah. Thanks for so. tuning. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Send us your scores Friday night. Tweet at us. Uh only nice things. Just kidding. You can tweet whatever you want. Well, maybe. Not everything. Like, subscribe <laughs> to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Check the eagle.com Saturday morning for all your high school football content here in the Brazos Valley. For Abigail Ochoa, I'm Alex Miller. We'll see you next week on the Brazos Sports Preps Cast.